the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Hello, hello. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Oh, yesterday wasn't quite like Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor happened in 1941. Flash forward 80 years. Has it been 80 years? Wow. Since that good-looking Ben Affleck fought back the Japanese in Pearl Harbor. Rob, that was a movie. That wasn't real life. I thought that was a documentary. NASDAQ was down a half a percentage point yesterday. Big cap tech continues to kind of get, to say drubbed is the wrong word, but we're no longer willing to pay 25 times earnings. Then we go down to like 20 times earnings. Like, nope, let's see if we can't go a little bit lower. A um, lot going on. The SP 500 was down one fifth of 1%. About 20 basis points. The Dow was breaking yesterday. Again, keeping kind of a pattern for the year. Growth is the most punished. Value is the most rewarded or least punished is probably the best way of saying that. Bitcoin sits at 16,840. There's been some nasty phrases thrown about, about Bitcoin recently. I've recently maybe pushed to say, do no harm. Don't be a bully. Don't be mean. Don't, don't take cheap shots. But there's a lot of professional investors calling digital currencies useless. Just know that. Again, if you want to own it, I totally get it. Just be comfortable that you might lose all your money because professionals are saying you might lose all your money. Doesn't mean they're right. Just know that if they are, you might lose all your money. Ah, Microsoft in their big judgment day with Activision. Who would have thought Call of Duty up in a conversation? I know you're saying Call of Duty. Let's see. Is that that video game franchise that features basically elite warriors, uh, army rangers, uh, navy seals? It's got all sorts of cast of characters in it. British paratroopers. And they go on these covert missions behind enemy lines. Yeah, it's that one, Call of Duty. So Call of Duty is made by Activision Blizzard, and Microsoft wants to acquire over $69 billion, billion dollars, B with a B, billion with a B. Biggest acquisition ever by Microsoft. It's one of the 30 largest deals ever. The FTC has been fretting over the antitrust implications of Call of Duty. Microsoft produces its own game console called the Xbox. Sony has the PlayStation. The Activision games are made for both the PlayStation and the Xbox. There comes in the Federal Trade Committee Commission. Given the enormous popularity of Call of Duty, it's being considered a nightmare for Sony because one of the 
best games every year is a, a Call of Duty franchise. It's Modern Warfare 1, Modern Warfare 2, Special Ops. It's all under the Call of Duty temple. And if you're thinking I'm talking about video games and you're laughing right now, like, oh, that's a silly topic. Modern Warfare 2 racked up over a billion dollars in sales in its first 10 days. It's considered... It's bigger than the, the James Cameron Avatar movie. Every year they have bigger than the James Cameron Avatar movie. Every single year. So Microsoft said to Sony this week, we come in peace. We will give you 10 years of Call of Duty games on the Sony PlayStation platform. And Sony's like, I'm ignoring you. I'm not listening to that voicemail. Even though I know that voicemail is there, it's a nice charm offensive by Microsoft. It's trying to tell regulators like, hey. Um, And when I say regulators, I'm talking about 16 countries right now are looking into this deal and trying to green light the deal for Activision to be acquired by Microsoft. It seems like it should be able to. But they have to get, you know, regulators under the Biden administration who have gone into full beast mode. They are doing everything they can to stop this deal. The Department of Justice hasn't done a lot under the Biden administration, and this is their first big merger they can try to stop. And I'm not saying it's a headline thing, but it feels like it's a little bit of a headline thing. Because to give Sony 10 years of, of like, hey, we'll continue to make games for you guys. That seems pretty generous in the world of video games, because where are we going to be at in 10 years? Under the Biden administration, regulators have gone full bore to try to block this merger. It's interesting to note that, you know, Warren Buffett, one of his big investments in the last couple of years has been Activision because he sees it as the deal going through. And there's a nice hedge of about $20 a share that it goes through. Aaron Judge gave negotiations masterclass before the start of 2022. He said, you know, that $213 million deal the Yankees are offering me, I'm going to turn it down. I'm going to go out and hit 62 home runs. And he just signed a massive $360 million deal over nine years. So he could have got 213. He got 360, boosting his pay $146 million plus dollars. Judges who make $40 million a year, the highest average annual payout for a position player in Major League Baseball history. He courted the San Francisco Giants as a way of saying, hey, that's my hometown. Yankees, you better match. And they did. In a little bit of headline news, I don't know how I feel about this story anymore. Do I kind of want it to go away? It's one of the biggest frauds of all time, Theranos. A federal judge sentenced Ramesh Sunny Balwani who was Holmes number two at the failed blood testing startup and is also her ex-boyfriend, 13 years in prison. Holmes got 11. So Holmes was the CEO. He was kind of the COO. He got more than her, even though it was her company. Balwadi and Holmes had pointed the finger at each other for the fraud at Theranos, which they built into a $10 billion company before it came crashing down because the technology simply didn't work. It was supposed to be a blood prick that could do multiple cancer screens. And it couldn't. And they would take your blood and send it out to other labs to do the testing for them. 
that's not that's not a good situation. Um, Netflix took a break from the quirky serial killers dramas that have been circulating in the last year. First three episodes, a highly anticipated docuseries about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. His hit, the docuseries, follows a couple from their early days of their relationship through the issues that ultimately led them to ditch the crown. This is going to be a pretty big one um, for Netflix, but there's a lot of criticism for being misleading. Since some of the photos used to depict overbearing paparazzi were of swarming photographers at events the couple didn't even attend, it's kind of like a fake documentary. It's, it's, it's kind of already being called a foe. Um, I don't know. I personally don't have a, a tie towards the royals. I find it very odd that the world are fascinated by a group of eight people in the British monarchy. It's very, very bizarre to me. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. We're talking money, investing, and more, trying to get you to retirement any way we can, talking about what the Fed's going to do next week, inflation numbers next week as well. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. There's a new weight loss drug that I hate saying this, but it is all that in a bucket of chicken. It is all that it's cracked up to be. It's considered a game changer. It's called semaglutide. It's helped dispelling the myth that weight loss is about willpower. People taking the drug say it validated their experience that dieting didn't work, and yet they're able to lose weight. This is a game changer. Um, for almost 40 years, some people have been battling weight issues, and they, they can't seem to shake their weight. And then this one little magic pill is allowing people to hit their long-term weight goals of losing weight. Initially, it was developed semaglutide to treat diabetes. It was FDA approved for weight loss in June of 2021. It's the first medication to receive that authorization since 2014. Ultimately, it's dosed via weekly injections. That's probably the area that it's biggest criticized because it's not popping a pill. It acts on the brain, trying to curb hunger and dampening other appetites, such as cravings for alcohol. Uh, the mechanism can cause some gastrointestinal side effects, such as nausea and diarrhea. Drugs been drawing praise from venture capitalists, calling it a silver bullet for weight loss. Demand for the medication is already overwhelming the very short supplies with the FDA. Um, but it's a bit of a game changer. It's, it's nice to throw that out there. Would I change my approach to investing because of it? First and foremost is the drug worth investing in, right? Um, it, it's doing everything that it can. It's, it's getting over that stigma of being prescribed, let me talk a little bit about that with um, the idea of like erectile dysfunction and Viagra. 
Viagra wasn't the end all be all until it was prescribed a second time by doctors. Having a doctor's trust is super important. You hearing on the street, hey, I hear Viagra can cause horrible side effects. I'm not going to get into the side effects. But like even in the commercials, you have to make sure that your heart is healthy enough to have sexual activity. And you're like, okay, okay, I get it. And then there's some other side effects that again, we're not going to talk about. But getting the doctor's trust to prescribe it once, that's easy. Getting a doctor's trust to prescribe it a second time is a little more difficult. It's one of the investment lessons that you learn. And getting the public's trust, which I still find it very, very odd. If you go to Europe, you're not going to see a lot of your drugs on television commercials. That's not how they do business. The drugs are studied by the doctors and they prescribe them to the patients. The patients don't go to the doctor and hey, say, hey, I hear that this new drug is great at weight loss. Um, what's interesting about weight loss is people feel that when they're heavy, when they're overweight, that they're kind of invisible to society because we live in the Barbie world, I guess is fair to say on some levels. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole, how shall we say it? The, can you lose weight with willpower? I'm one of those people I can gain 20 pounds. I could lose 20 pounds literally in sometimes a week. It feels like maybe it's two weeks, but for me, it's about cutting, you know, carbs and increasing exercise. I've never had the willpower to stay at my high school weight. And this drug can almost get you there. It's made by Novo Nordisk. Semaglutide drug for weight loss is a real thing. It's offering a, dedicated approach to obesity as a disease model. Um, I I certainly looked at Novo Nordisk stock when the results of this drug, not from for treating diabetes, because it does help with the diabetes, which is good in itself. We are a society of Oompa Loompas. We're gaining weight as a nation. We don't call them minivans. We call them like extra size vans now, right? Um, there's nothing mini about a minivan, and yet they're very, very popular for a reason in the United States. So this could be a this is a game changer. This is an important one for society. And here's the thing: not only do you look at it as the investment in weight loss, like a magic pill, are you kidding me? But you look at it as could it change diabetes as a whole in the United States? Because five years ago, we're like, we're getting heavier, we're getting heavier. And now we have a, a, a shot that you can take so that we can get back to our high school college weights. Does that change diabetes? And like, if you were an investor in insulin, do you see how like um, some of these little stories can turn into fascinating ideas on how we approach investing? Semaglutide has changed patients' understanding of themselves and teaching them you know, different coping mechanisms. Um, it'll be interesting to see in the next five years, does this drug take off across society? Do doctors trust it enough? And that'll, that'll probably result. Oh, and for the record, let's talk about doctor's trust. So getting a procedure or a drug into the doctor's hand is it's big business, right? 
So I once went to Merck dinner. I was paid by Merck to give a speech to doctors and they wanted to pump their new drug called Vioxx in Celebrex, uh, Vioxx. So Merck and Pfizer were going after what are called COX-2 inhibitors, which were like super aspirin. Um, great for the aging baby boomer who had arthritis. Fantastic. Only problem is it caused blood clots. And as doctors learned this more and more, they went from the dinner of like, hey, this is a great uh, painkiller. It's clean. To, okay, so they just had a big, you know, $400 five-course meal. Rob spoke about investing and doctors were all happy and they went back and prescribed to their patients. But then they started finding out the data was like, don't prescribe it a second time. It's not good. Um, to inhibitors ultimately didn't succeed because they had uh, complications. So getting a doctor's trust is very, very important. It's not a one-year matter. So we're going to watch semaglutide and Novo Nordisk over the next couple of years. Is it a blockbuster drug? It looks like it is. Will it change the profile of Americans' weight? It certainly could. And that's one of the biggest stories you're going to hear in 2022. I'm not saying Putin's not worthy of note. I'm not saying China's uh, COVID zero policy is not worthy of note. But I think semaglutide might be the story of the year 10 years from now. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Continuing jobless claims hit their highest level since February. Every Thursday for the past 25 years, as I've gotten behind the air chair and talked to you about investing money, saving in a way we've documented my life where I had a chip on my shoulder all the way to suddenly I'm fairly wealthy. But every Thursday, there's an economic statistic that comes out that I pay attention to only because I got some really solid advice from someone 25 years ago on how to interpret the number. So I pass it on to you. Any number under 350,000 is considered pretty good. Um, sometimes you could say 400,000. Sometimes you could say, you know, hey, these numbers are going to change a little bit based on how hot the economy is, but 350 to 400,000 is the number. Initial claims are you've been let go. And before you come home to tell your spouse, I don't have a paycheck starting in two weeks. She's, you say, well, I better fix that by going to the unemployment office. So that's the first time you're getting a claim. That's where the initial claim comes in. Initial claims for the week ending December 3rd increased by 4,000 to 230,000. Again, a sign of a healthy economy. We're not losing as many jobs. It's not coming in big chunks. It's very controlled under 350,000. We have immigration. We have people who turn 18 and say, I'm going to go get a job. People who graduate from college and say, I'm going to go get a job. So we have people coming in to the workforce. And we have, in this case, 230,000 people leaving the workforce. 
The only number that I care about is under 350,000 is considered healthy for the job market. It's not considered a disaster. We're not, we're not hemorrhaging jobs. But here's the key takeaway from today's first time unemployment claims is that they've hit their highest level. No, 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 no. Inside the data, the continuing jobless claims. These are people who have been unemployed a long time where you've gone from your initial to you go back to the unemployment office and say, you know, it's been about three months. Um, I need to continue my claim because I'm still looking for a job. And they're going to adjust how much they pay you. You actually get less longer time. You're on long-term unemployment or continuing. So the key takeaway from today's report is the continuing jobless claims at their highest level since February of 2022. So you don't have to go back into a way machine. You don't have to go like, where was I in 2020? It was this year. But this is suggesting perhaps that it's becoming more difficult to find a job as employers are taking a more cautious-minded approach with their hiring plans. So people who have been unemployed, they search, they search, and ultimately they're like, well, maybe I'm not going to get with my my dream job. I'm going to settle down for this one because this continuing unemployment claims not what I, it's cracked up to be. Total number of continued weeks claimed for benefits in all programs the week ending of November 19th was 1.28 million. That's a decrease of 83,000 from the previous week. And again, it's showing us that it's more difficult to get a job as employers are taking a more cautious look at who they're hiring. So the Federal Reserve is going to talk next week and they're going to say, we're raising interest rates 50 basis points and we're not going to lower them anytime. So we're not even talking about lowering them. We're not even looking at talking about the lowering, potentially lowering. They're going to say whatever they need to, to convince you that they're for real. They probably are pretty happy today seeing these continuing claims. It's starting to work that jobs are going to be lost. And when jobs are lost, inflation's destroyed. Inflation is probably the word that we learned in 2022 that we kind of wish we didn't. And we see how it wrecks stock markets. Is the stock market down forever and ever? No. Do I expect the stock market to hit an all-time high? I do. Not this year, not next year. If I were a betting man, I'd say 2024. But consultant broker buyers, action on any stocks mentioned, it could be 2025. So maybe we'll look at 2022, 2023 as a period of, hey, we bought on sale before it hit an all-time high again. Keep in mind, it took the NASDAQ 15 years from its highs in 2000 to hit all-time highs again. So when money came out of Microsoft and Google and uh, Apple in the 2000, it took 10, 12 years to get back there. Some of the stocks got there before the overall market did, but companies that went out of business, companies that went to zero in the dot-com bomb, pulled the market down for a long period of time if you're an index investor. Other stories of note today, Therano COO Sunny Balwani was sentenced to 13 years in prison for his role in fraud, receiving more time than Holmes herself. 
Um, I'm not going to make a not so sunny after all huh? joke. Um, I find that their nine billion, almost ten billion dollar fraud stinks, and it got a lot of people excited on cures for cancer with blood prick technologies, which more and more testing are done with with blood pricks. When I say blood prick, um, we were talking about a quick shot needle into your finger. We're not talking about drawing blood from uh, your body and big, you know, one test tube, two test tubes, three test tubes. We need more, more and more blood for more testing. So more and more testing are being done by blood pricks, which is I'm not it's not ironic. But Elizabeth Holmes knew that this was happening. So it was very believable. And it was a multi-billion dollar fraud. I, I don't quite understand how she got a tougher sentence than he did. No, no, no. She, he got a tougher sentence than she did. When it was her company, her name, you know, were on the paychecks. She was the one sitting down with venture capitalists saying, you know, hey, we need, you know, you on the board, but we could also use some money to help fund our rollout at, you know, various drugstores. I, I'm not going to comment on why she got less time. Although I will say it's an interesting look when you're charged years and years ago and you're a single woman. Then next thing you, while the court process is going on, you're married and then you're married with a child and you're married with a second child on the way right during sentencing. Um, it's, it's, it's quite a story and that's why they made a movie on HBO about it. And that's why Sam Bakeman freed They're They're rolling into production right now. I guarantee you at HBO as fast as they can, or Apple or someone's coming up with that story. Anyhow, can you guess the most searched word on Google this year? Let's see if you can get it. It's the name of an online game that took the internet by storm. And I'll be honest with you, you Wordle snobs are snobs. Well, you're posting on Facebook or wherever you're posting, like, I got it in three guesses today. Um, I'm not that impressed. But thanks for sharing. So Google launched its 2002 year in search report, which shows the year's top trending searches. Many of the year's top searches involved pop culture, celebrity deaths and lottery numbers. So Netflix's smash hit Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story was released in late September. It quickly climbed the ranks to become one of the streaming services, most popular shows. And Hesh was a big Google search this year. She made movies like I Know What You Did Last Summer, Walking and Talking. Um, she was involved in a car crash in August. So she was the number nine most search word or name on Google this year. Number eight was the Powerball numbers. Yes, I'm doing a countdown. Um, Powerball hit $2.04 billion this year, the largest lottery prize ever, and it wasn't me. The IRS withholds 24% of the top, and the winner decides to take the lump sum of $997 million. Um, or do you take the annuity? So number seven on the list of top Google searches this year was Mega Millions. Not only did number eight hit Powerball, but number seven hit Mega Millions, which had a jackpot this year of $1.3 billion in July. 
Number six on the most Google searched words of the year, Ukraine. That one kind of makes sense. They made headlines this year after Russia invaded the country on February 24th, 2022. Bob Saget was the number five well-known comedian actor. Danny Tanner from the sitcom Full House died at the age of 65. Number four on the list, Queen Elizabeth. Number three on the list of Google most searched words, Betty White, beloved actress, 99 years old. She was on the Golden Girls, and she acted well into her 90s. Number two on the list of most Google searched words, election results. The U.S. held its 2022 midterm elections. Many featured hotly contested races. I, for one, was trying to see who won, John Fetterman or Mehmet Oz. I did those Google searches, but the number one was Wordle. Number one most searched Google search topic, Wordle. Colored boxes, guessing words. Don't tell me how many guesses you got it in. I really don't care. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. So this show has been all over the place today, has it not? Kind of a train wreck of information. Tis the season for stock market gains, yet we're not really getting the stock market gains. Um, It's supposed to be the Santa Claus rally starting right about now. That's when professional investors in New York look at their book of business, see how they did, and say, honey, let's go on a long vacation to the Hamptons, or we're done for the year. We don't need to be doing trading at this point in time. It's a... uh, time to reflect, not necessarily time to invest for professionals. And that typically allows for what's called a Santa Claus rally when the retail investors kind of take charge of the bank, so to speak. Of note, Brittany Griner was released in a prisoner swap with Russia. I, I feel like that's a headline news that I should throw out there. I don't do a lot of breaking news, but that's one of the stories that is broke this morning. Um, another one. Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to be reportedly the next James Bond. I know you're saying, do we need that information? I don't know. I'm just here breaking the news for you. So taking a quick look at the stock market today. Oh, it's a nice day. Um, All the markets opened in the green. There's been no red. And they've all slowly built on gains. But That's not the story of the week, is it? SP 500's up almost 1%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up eight tenths of 1%. The NASDAQ's up 1.2%. The Russell 2000 up 1.4%. Disney Plus has officially launched its 799 ad supported tier Um, to compete with Netflix. Netflix CEO Reed Hastings has said numerous times in press releases recently that he wishes he would have done this sooner. Interesting. Changing how we're binge watching, right? Now, if you're going to binge watch Bridgerton, you're going to have to factor in four minutes of commercials per hour. So oil is sitting at 72. Wow. Did oil make a stealth move down on us this week? It did. Oil's at $72 a barrel at 80. It seems, I don't know, is that the norm? 
feels like uh, I used to say like 60s was the norm. 40s was too low on oil. 80 was getting a little bit too high. 100 was a tax on, on economies. So oil's getting to an area where it's cheap. Not historically cheap, but recent norms cheap. Let's take a look at the 10-year treasury. It sits at 3.45%. A couple of weeks ago, the 10-year treasury was at 4.1, And we were like, wow, this is going up really fast. Now it's coming down because it's looking a year from now and it's saying, you know what? We could see inflation continuing to be a problem causing a recession. And the only way to fight that is the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. Why is the 10-year treasury going down then? Because it's saying, ding, 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 inflation, uh, recession ahead, recession ahead. Bitcoin sitting at 16914 The negative press on Bitcoin in the last two weeks, it's as if people are dancing in the Watusi. They're so happy. People who did not own it on the way up are glad to tell you they don't own it now and that they think that it's going lower. Someone who could have a big play on Bitcoin and crypto this year. And when I say this year, I'm going to say 2023 is the SEC's Gary Gensler. He says crypto firms running out of time to comply with securities laws. And he may become more of a story on crypto in 2023, which I don't think the crypto enthusiasts want that to play out that way. Speaking of playing out certain ways, Tesla is going to have a big year in 2023. More competition is definitively coming on a regular basis at this point in time. I'm seeing, and this is interesting to note, Republicans in polls are showing more favorability to Tesla in the last 60 days, while Democrats are turning in their Teslas. I think that is hilarious that stocks are politicized now. It's not hilarious. It's 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 a sign of the times. And who knew that stocks could become Republican versus Democrat stocks and cars could be Republican versus Democrat cars. But that's where we're at. So Tesla's had a rough year going from four hundred and two dollars a share down to one hundred and seventy three dollars. That's quite a haircut in the short term. It looks oversold. In the medium and long term, I think they have more competition coming that as an investor, you have to decide, is that real or not? Today's a little bit of a snapback rally. Not that much going on other than that. Um, Next week, we're going to get a key inflation report on consumer inflation. And we're also going to get the Federal Reserve, not so much raising 50 basis points because that's the expected. But what comes out of their statement? And so far, they're setting us up for stable for longer. In between the last Fed meeting and this one, Jerome Powell has come out and said, you know, expect smaller rate hikes. But he's also hinted, winked, nudged, poked, clap of lightning. He's dropped every every hint possible that he doesn't even think about cutting rates. At this moment in time, he's not even thinking about like, maybe it'll happen in 2023 or maybe it'll happen in 2023. He's not even thinking about it. It's going to happen when it happens. According to him, it's going to be data driven, but he's not even thinking about it. 
And that's the messaging we're getting right now. And how does Wall Street deal with that next week? Should set up the Santa Claus rally or continue to make us wring our hands and go, what does 2023 look like? So I think 2023 is going to be a fascinating year for Twitter, for Tesla, um, for interest rates, for probably the most telegraphed recession of all time. We know it's coming. It's just how deep and how wide is it? Or is it going to be a pretty easy one to get into and get out of? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.